Welcome to the Improve 81 podcast series. I'm Ken Slack, Communications Coordinator for the Interstate 81 Corridor Improvement Program. Today, we're gonna to be talking about plans for one of our bigger projects. It's the widening of the interstate through the Harrisonburg area. I'm joined by Dave Covington, I-81 Program Delivery Director, and Scott Alexander, who is Project Manager for the Harrisonburg widening. So Dave and Scott, uh, tell us now a little bit more about your roles with the interstate program and this project in particular. Yeah, good morning, Ken. Uh, again, as you mentioned, I'm the I-81 Program Delivery Director. And wh what does that really mean? It means that um, you know, I really try to make sure that we're being consistent in our approach on projects along the corridor. We do span 325 miles through three different districts and have different groups of people who are you know, working on the projects and try to just provide some insight as to you know how we've handled certain situations on other projects to give drivers a sense of some consistency as they drive along the entire corridor. Hi, Ken. I'm Scott Alexander. I'm the Assistant District L&D Engineer for Stanton District, and I'm the Project Manager for the Harrisonburg Widening. Now, this widening, in very general terms, uh, goes from mile markers 242 to, to 248, so we're going three lanes in each direction, so that's, that's sort of the broad brush strokes. So tell, give me a little more detail, Scott, about uh, what this project entails. Right, so we'll be widening uh, I-81 both directions, beginning about a mile south of the 243 interchange, going all the way through the city to about a mile north of the Route 33 interchange. Now that uh, includes, that's a lot of work along the way. It's not just uh, you know bumping out the interstate. There's a, there's a whole lot of other things that go along with that. Uh, you know, drainage work, bridges, things like that. I mean, there's, this is a big project. It, it definitely is. We have quite a number of bridges we'll be tackling as part of the project, either widening or replacing. We have culverts, dozens of culverts that we'll be attacking during the project, rehabbing and extending. We have drainage concerns we'll be addressing. Stormwater management is a big part of the project as well. So several miles of widening along a pretty busy part of Interstate 81, but there's more than just laying down some more asphalt, uh, you know, bridges, uh, culverts, uh, you know, a lot of drainage work involved in this. What, what else did we do, are we talking about here? Uh, you, uh, you covered most of it. <laughs> <laughs> um, we'll be addressing water drainage concerns. Stormwater management is a big part of the project. One of the most noticeable differences, the cable guardrail will be replaced with concrete barrier. It'll take on a little bit different nature as we're driving down the roadway. Well, and maybe we, we touch on that because uh, this this will look a little bit different than what people are used to now. Uh, you know, on most parts of Interstate 81, we've got grass and trees, you know, inside and outside the travel lanes. This is going to be a pretty urban feel interstate when it's done, right? It will. Um, it, of course, we're widening to the inside towards the median, and that'll, that'll, of course, narrow up the median. And with the concrete barrier, the lanes will be fairly close together. And... Um, course we may be looking at sound walls along the corridor as well so um, it the character of the road the appearance of the road will will be different it'll be a little unusual as compared to what folks are used to out there now Dave uh, as Scott just mentioned uh, for the most part we widen toward the inside and that's true with uh, most uh, projects along the corridor when we're talking about adding additional lanes why is that so important well, it's really important for a couple of reasons, especially, I think, highlighted in the Harrisonburg area, where we are 
building or widening an existing interstate through the middle of a city because Harrisonburg exists on the east and west side of the city, but not only the city, but also James Madison University. And in a consistent theme, we talked about consistency before, we really wanna maximize the use of our existing right-of-way. It, it, it keeps our footprint small from an impact perspective, from an environmental perspective, and from a cost perspective, because right-of-way is expensive. So we are um, widening to the median side uh, on the Harrisonburg widening project to the greatest extent possible. Um, there will be some activities that occur on the outside. Uh, we might have some shoulder widening that has to exist on the outside. Uh, Scott mentioned sound walls before. We've talked about stormwater management. There's not a lot of place to put stormwater management in this project because although it's a kind of a rural interstate system, we're in one of the, one of the more dense sections from a development perspective along the corridor, and we have to find places to, you know, treat water or runoff water for you know quality and quantity purposes, and that's going to be a challenge in Harrisonburg. So there may be some little pockets here and there where we have to acquire maybe a little bit of right of way or, or an easement for stormwater management. You know, drainage is always a challenge. Uh, you know, the the cross pipes, where do we outfall them? Do we have ditches? But really, the intent is for the lanes. To, to go to the median side. And as Scott mentioned, having that, that concrete barrier divider, it starts looking a little more urban, getting a little more urban feel, but it's also protective. You know, you, you're, you're not gonna go over or through that, that barrier wall in the median. Right now we've got the cable guardrail. We have had situations where, you know, trucks in particular can kind of get through that and into the opposing lanes. So a little safer, but a little bit different feel and, and appearance gotcha that's a a compromise uh for for safety and, mm -hmm. and and for being able to as you said minimize that footprint uh, along along the corridor we, we talked briefly about uh, bridges and culverts uh, scott can you kind of take us through uh, which ones we're looking at either widening or replacing along this uh you know five to six mile stretch sure we have uh, eight bridges that we'll be looking at uh, either rehabbing and widening or replacing completely um there's uh, northbound and southbound bridges over two crossings of Black's Run. Uh, we have a crossing over Norfolk Southern Railroad. And on the northern end, we have the uh, crossing over Country Club Road. For the most part, the overpass bridges were in pretty good shape. We do need to replace the Pleasant Valley Road Bridge. Uh, it has substandard vertical clearance right now over the interstate. And it's... it's uh, pretty much reach the end of its service life. So uh, it, it definitely needs replacing. So we'll be tackling that as part of the project. Most of the other bridges through the city have been rebuilt in recent years with future widening in mind. Uh, one of the other bridges that we are tackling as part of smart scale is the Route 33 bridges. And they'll, uh, they'll start construction next summer. Dave, the work that Scott's talking about fits in with sort of a national focus right now on, on replacing a lot of these aging bridges. So this this fits right in with that. It, it really does. What, what we're doing here in Harrisonburg is, you know, obviously we're going through a process right now of investigating the condition of the bridges and whether we can widen or replace them and um, how much does that cost? And, you know, one of the things that we look at is vertical clearance. Sometimes we have deficient vertical clearance and we want to fix those problems. But I think that 
the approach that we're taking, not only in Harrisonburg, but on the entire corridor is is very much in line with the the federal focus right now, which is on bridges. And it rightfully should be on bridges. Our interstate system was built in the you know 60s, and a lot of these bridges are original bridges. And as uh, a Department of Transportation, we're responsible for maintaining these bridges. And every year that these bridges get older, it costs us more and more and more money to maintain. So we do a life cycle cost analysis to determine over a specific period of time in the future, is it gonna be cheaper for us to build a new bridge now, or is it gonna be cheaper for us to utilize the existing bridge and widen it? And what we're finding is that due to the age of a lot of these bridges, that it's actually cheaper to build a new bridge. And so we're, we're looking at, at trying to save the taxpayers money over the long run. But I think that's very consistent with, you know, again, the federal program, uh, the you know, federal infrastructure package that's being discussed. There's a lot of focus on bridge replacements. And I, I, I'm proud that the program that we are executing right now is accomplishing that goal. So it, at least to some degree, I mean, we certainly have a lot more bridges that need to be replaced, but it's, it's very consistent with the, the federal discussion right now. So we've got uh, Stone Spring Bridge, Reservoir Road Bridge. Both of those are newer bridges that don't have to be replaced as part of this. Correct. And the Port Republic Road uh, overpass uh, bridge will be able to do the widening underneath without having to replace it, correct? That's that's correct. The, the shoulders will be a little bit narrow through there, but uh, we, we can get through there without having to replace the bridge. Now, you mentioned the Pleasant Valley Road Bridge. Uh, there are some uh, some challenges with that project beyond just having to replace the bridge. Can you take us through, because that's something that uh, I think is going to be of, of, of great interest to the community, what happens in that particular location? It sure is. Uh, that, that bridge is in that location for a reason. Um, uh, designing that bridge is, is, is challenging. That bridge crosses over a box culvert that's at a pretty acute angle uh, skewed to the roadway. And of course, businesses have grown up. A lot of utilities have gone in there. Of course, the biggest challenge is the traffic. Uh, there's 10,000 vehicles a day that drive over that bridge every day. Um, you know, so close, closing it down and uh, detouring traffic really isn't an option. We have all the businesses. We have several schools, emergency services that all need reliable access to Route 11 and the interstate. I guess also because of the traffic, and we have we have a lot of congestion right at the intersection with Early Road, right across the bridge. And uh, as part of the project, we'll be taking a good hard look at that intersection, uh, see seeing what we can do to improve the situation there. Okay. Now, Dave, um, you mentioned a, a short time ago uh, the possibility of noise walls. We have seen those in, in, in other parts of Virginia, but there aren't too many of those along the I-81 corridor. So folks may not be super familiar with uh, their look and their feel and their purpose. So tell me why we build these and, and what some of the decisions uh, that we you know, have to consider whether to build them in a particular spot. Fortunately, we have a, a very structured policy on, on noise walls. We, you know, we go through a, a process to make sure that this is not arbitrary or, you know, that there's no personal feelings put into where noise walls are placed. It, it's a calculation. And what it's really looking at is, are, are we maintaining with a, with a widening project, such as the Harrisonburg project, are we maintaining the current decibel levels that are reaching 
receptors, you know, receivers like people's houses or businesses? Are we increasing that? Are we decreasing that? What is the impact on those communities or those, you know, business communities or residential communities? And, you know, perform that calculation and determine if there is an increase in, in the noise that, that we consider noise walls. But another important part of this is public input. You know, we, we survey residents and businesses and make sure that, you know, at the end of the day, if, if the study says that noise walls are warranted for a particular section of highway, um, if the residents or the businesses in that area would prefer not to have the noise walls, then, then we want to know that because that's, you know, they're the ones, they're, they're the customers, so to speak. So we want that feedback. So it is, it is a, uh, a, a very structured process and one that, um, you know, isn't relying on just what one or two people's opinions are, but that, you know, the engineering behind it and then the input from the community. And just to be clear, uh, there is no decision yet about noise walls in the, the Harrisonburg quarter. That's part of the, the design process. That's correct. So if I'm a resident along, uh, you know, the I-81 corridor in the Harrisonburg area, and I'm hearing discussion about possible the possibility of sound walls, at what point uh, do I raise my hand and say, hey, I, I want to weigh in on this. Uh, I, I want to make sure I get involved in this. So what's the best uh, way and, and time to do that? Well, part of the process, uh, this fall, our environmental section will start the monitoring process, start uh, actually testing levels of sound and evaluating the the, the current noise that's out there. And uh, shortly after that, uh, they'll, they'll do their analysis based on future traffic and the future traffic patterns and, and additional lanes. And at that point, when they determine the areas that might qualify for sound walls, at that point, they'll, we'll start reaching out to the public and start getting their input. Uh, as Dave mentioned, some, some businesses, for example, may be more interested in visibility from the highway as opposed to noise walls. Residents may have a different point of view. So we'll go through that process uh, beginning probably in about a year or so and uh, start determining where those walls, if justified, where they'll go. You know, the, the noise walls are one of those details that uh, you know, are, are certainly a, a big aspect of this project. Another one, stormwater management. Uh, Environmental stewardship has is, is, is been a big uh, component of, of all the projects that we're undertaking along the corridor and a big part of the design process. In Harrisonburg area in particular, that means uh, protection for, for Black's Run, a, a, a treasured local resource. Uh, so tell me a little bit about uh, what VDOT is uh, doing as it moves through the design process, process to, to protect Black's Run. Yeah, definitely. We have a, a very, uh, very tight focus on Black's Run and stormwater quality, the quality of stormwater management getting to Black's Run. Yeah, Black's Run is considered an impaired stream uh, due to phosphorus loading, and uh, we'll be taking extra measures in our water quality facilities to remove phosphorus before it gets to the run. Now, I've said several times as we've been talking here, I use the term VDOT or WE. WE actually not only involves uh, the, the state agency, but a consultant. Uh, and Dave, I know that uh, Harrisonburg widening is not unusual. A lot of our larger projects are involving a partnership between VDOT and a, a design firm. Tell me a little bit about why we do that and, and who plays what kind of role in that. Yeah, for, for the Harrisonburg widening project, we're working with a team that's led by an engineering consultant named RKNK. 
and RKNK is a, a consultant that the department has worked with for many, many years, kind of become a trusted partner, so to speak, and as is, you know, all of our consultant community. But we have billions of dollars worth of construction projects that need to be designed or are being designed throughout the state, not just 81, but, you know, Northern Virginia, Hampton Roads, Richmond, there's a lot of construction. We don't have enough designers to even come close to designing all of those projects because it is a very detailed process, very time-consuming process. And so we, we work with consultants just like, you know, all state governments and federal governments um, because, you know, when, when we have heavy workload, we can get assistance from the consultants. Um, when we don't have heavy workload, if we were to staff all of those people at VDOT, we wouldn't have enough work for everybody because everybody knows that transportation, you know, right now we, we're on the up end, the higher end of the curve. Um, sometimes that curve is on the lower end, but it allows us to have a sustainable level of workforce and accomplish a lot more work by partnering with consultant uh, companies and the private sector. And obviously the contract with this, uh, with this design team is, is part of the overall cost of this project. Uh, so, so bottom line, uh, Scott, so what, how much money are we talking about for the, uh, the Harrisonburg widening, and what's the schedule? You mentioned a little bit about public input in, in, uh, in the next year or so, but uh, we're, we're just getting started with this. So how much and how long? <laughs> we are. We're very early in the design process right now. So right now, uh, early estimate is in the neighborhood of $275 million for the complete project. That includes construction, any right-of-way easement purchases and the design schedule wise we're looking at beginning construction probably around the end of 2024 beginning of 2025 again we're still working on the schedules and estimates and the construction will probably take right around four years so four years of uh you know orange barrels and and uh, heavy equipment uh, working along this uh pretty busy corridor what's it going to be like for the motorists when this is happening uh, it is maintenance of traffic is what what we refer to the design of the roadway during construction, how we'll deal with traffic during construction. Motorists will be looking at uh, barriers along the roadway for lar large portions of the road. Uh, you mentioned cones, uh, be narrowed lanes, probably increased police presence during construction activities. It, it'll be... It'll be a challenge, but we will, at the very least, we will always have two lanes open during the day. Uh, any lane takes, closures will happen at night. And we've got a, a, a large team concentrating on maintaining traffic flow during construction. Okay. And, uh, and obviously that's along the interstate main line. Uh, because we don't have to replace too many of these overpass bridges, maybe a little bit less impact on, on some of the local roads, the Pleasant Valley Road, you, you did mention, and I guess I should reiterate that here, we are not closing Pleasant Valley Road <laughs> right. during, during that bridge construction. Okay. That's correct. And I, I should mention, and, and Dave has been a large part of this, uh, we've gotten a jump on keeping the public informed of construction activities. Uh, drivers may have noticed uh, increased message boards going up along the interstate, some new cameras that'll help us. Uh, kind of keep tabs of what's going on during the construction phase. So uh, that'll be a big help both to us and to motorists so, so everyone's aware of what's going on. 
Excellent. And one of my favorite parts of that digital message sign program is that we have some of those not just on 81, but on the, the, the roadway approaches. So if you are on Route 11 or Route 33 and you're trying to make a decision about whether to commit to the interstate, you can get some of that vital information right there as well. Right, so. right. Now, Dave, you mentioned uh, when you were introducing yourself that one of the roles of a uh, program delivery director is to try to minimize the potential conflicts between projects. So this is not the only project planned for the Harrisburg area. Tell me a little bit about uh, what BDOT's doing to make sure we don't have, uh, you know, say, contractors butting heads as they're both trying to work in the same region. Yeah, it, it really is important. Um, you know, building one project and, and keeping everyone safe, the workers, the, the traveling public, you know, truck drivers, is a challenge. Um, when we have projects spread out over the entire interstate system, it becomes much more challenging. So we do have a team that is working to develop some best management practices um, and communication links between projects so that you know we aren't designing something on one project, um, say for instance, the Harrisonburg widening and then doing something completely different at Weir's Cave just down the road. We do want there to be consistency. Now, one of the interesting things about the Harrisonburg widening project is, and I believe Scott mentioned this previously, the Route 33 bridge replacements. So that is a smart scale project. It's not part of the I-81 program, the I-81 corridor improvement program, but it's our traditional smart scale and it replaces the, the two bridges eastbound and westbound on Route 33 over Interstate 81 as well as the bridges over the railroad. That construction is starting next year and is expected right now to last three, maybe four years for that total project. And as Scott mentioned, um, if we start construction on the Harrisonburg widening in 2024, there's some overlap there. So we're gonna have to design the projects carefully, considering the Route 33 bridge replacement construction. We're gonna have to put in contract requirements that basically states that, you know, the first one to request a nighttime lane closure for work that they have, they're gonna do is the one that's gonna get it. So everybody needs to be aware Contractors can work well together um, as long as they're aware of the requirements and, and what's needed. And at the end of the day, VDOT is the final arbiter. You know, we, we will make the decision if there's a conflict between the, the contractors. So we might have a little overlap period there. Um, in other areas, we have looked at bundling smart scale projects and I-81 corridor improvement program projects uh, where it makes sense. We're doing that in Rafine, we're doing that in Withful. But here, um, it would require us to either rapidly accelerate the Harrisonburg widening project or delay the Route 33 bridge replacement project. And the first is not feasible because we haven't, you know, we're still early in the design process of the Harrisonburg widening. And the Route 33 or East Market Street bridge replacement is critical. Um, those bridges were built in 1960. Uh, they have past their useful life. You know, when they were building and designing bridges back then, they designed to a 50-year standard. Now we designed to a 100-year life cycle. So they are um, well beyond their intended uh, life. And so we did not want to slow that project down in any way. So that one's going to keep moving forward on its current trajectory in the Harrisonburg widening. We will um, effectively design around that construction, so to speak. But, uh, but yeah, it, there are conflicts. Um, we, we knew this when we started, and, but we have a lot of smart people that are working to 
resolve those conflicts. These are the kind of things that keep you guys up at night, trying to, uh, you know, whether it's environmental or, or, or maintenance of traffic. I know there's a there's a ton of work that goes into a project of this scale. We're talking about a two hundred and seventy five million dollar project, uh, the the biggest one we've seen in the in, in the Stanton district. You know, say the the northern half of the uh, of the I eighty one quarter in Virginia in many many years, perhaps since the interstate was first constructed. But uh, we really appreciate you guys uh, giving us some of the details about what goes into a project like this, uh, from the engineering and the design and the storm water and you know, working with consultants and contractors to build something like this. But um, so Dave, Scott, thank you very much for your, your time and, and uh, for sharing your little bit of insight and expertise on this. So we have a whole lot of work to be done in the years to come, uh, including in just a few short years, uh, construction of the widening northbound and southbound of I-81 through the Harrisonburg area. So we, we again, thank you for joining us for this uh, episode of the Improve 81 podcast series and stay tuned for details on more projects to come. Thank you, Ken. Thanks, Ken.